With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. How's it going, everyone? This is episode 70 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. We are officially 72 hours away, less than 72 hours away from the Nashville Predators season opener against the Seattle Kraken. We have a final roster to look at. It's finally set, so we're going to get into that. We're going to preview this matchup with the Seattle Kraken. We've also got Keeping Up with the Kraken's podcast host, Tyler Bell, joining the podcast later on in episode 70. And we've also got Caroline Fenton, of 102.5, the game flagship state flagship station of the Nashville Predators. She is also going to join later in episode 70. So we got a packed episode. We had some te- technical difficulties, so our boy Kyle Perkins cannot join tonight. We will bring up some of his picks that he made as we're talking about the matchup because he did make his yep. picks this week. But we had some technical difficulties, so he wasn't able to join us. Technical difficulties on our end. So uh, we're sorry about that. Let's go ahead and get into it again. This is episode 70 of Catfish on Ice, presented by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. And, Rich, we have our 23-player roster now for the Nashville Predators. It was tweeted out by Adam Vinian of The Athletic. That's where I first saw it released earlier this evening, right before the podcast went live. Let me run through this list real quick of players. On the Fords, we got 13 Fords. Nick Cousins, Matt Duchesne. Philip Forsberg, Cody Glass, Mikael Granlund, Rocco Grimaldi, Tanner Janot, Ryan Johansson, Luke Cunning, Colton Sissons, Ellie Tolvanen, Philip Tomasino, and Yakov Trennan. Now, the caveat to that is Matthew Olivier was placed on injured reserve. Rich, I think you said that possibly this injury happened in practice, practice this week. Yeah, I think um... – I can't remember. I know he played in one of the Tampa Bay games, and then I remember seeing a tweet from somebody, I don't remember who it was, saying that he left practice early. So I guess that's when he got hurt. I'm not sure what it was, but um, yeah, I guess so. Uh, unfortunate, very unfortunate yeah. for him because he had a regular roster spot last season. He really Absolutely. was one of the, he, he was part of that youth movement last season that we saw. And so uh, we hope that he gets a speedy recovery with whatever injury he might be dealing with. But that really opened up the way for Philip Tomasino to get this starting roster spot. And also, it also does make me wonder, however, if he, if Tomasino would be in the lineup if Matthew Olivier was healthy. I lean towards that he won that roster spot, whether Matthew Olivier was healthy or not. How about you, Rich? How do you feel about that? It feels like that. Um, everybody that's watched the games and, and even in camp and stuff, you know, felt like he was playing pretty well. Um, maybe didn't show up a lot on the score sheet, but did a lot of other mm-hmm. things, the the intangible stuff that people don't see. So I think he made a good case for himself. And um, I think he, he know, definitely, he definitely yeah. looked NHL ready. He proved that he's NHL ready as yeah. he's done throughout his development since being drafted by the Preds in 2019. So Tomasino is on the roster. He is on the starting opening night roster. So if you already were feeling maybe like you weren't too excited about this season because you don't think the Preds are going to be very good, well, now you got a reason to watch because Philip Tomasino is hopefully going to be in the starting lineup. I will be very, very displeased with John (laughs) Hines if – Tomasino is wasted as a healthy scratch on the bench. I will not be yeah. happy about that. I agree. And unfortunately, you know, one of our other favorite players might not get to play because of that. But I mean, I think it's, I think it's Tomasino's time. Yes. Um, I think that's why they're, why, you know, Olivier being hurt kind of uh, helped Hines out a little bit for making a tough decision. But I think, you know, this is his time. Uh, Tomasino's and also, time. also looking over the, uh, the Fords, 
this was part. So per Kyle Perkins did give us his picks, and so we're still going to go through some of his picks he made this week. And one of his yeah. picks was Ellie Tolvanen, and how Ellie right. Tolvanen's really starting to round out his game. He's really starting to uh, not just be a sniper, not just be a shooter, but he's starting to do all the little things that you need as a top six forward on the NHL level. And so that Kyle Perkins brought that up to us. And so Tolvanen is definitely going to be in the top six, most likely on a line with Mikael Granlin and Luke Cunning. So that's cool to see. Let's move on to the defensemen. They're going to be bringing, they're going to be carrying eight defensemen, which a lot of people don't like that. They don't like right. that the Preds are carrying that many defensemen because you get three healthy scratches. So you got an odd number of players there. And mm-hmm. so they're going to go with the eight defensemen. They're going to go that route. They're going to go with Matt Benning, Mark Borowiecki, Alex Carrier, Matthias Eckholm, Dante Fabro, Ben Harper, Philip Myers, and everyone, I'm going to save you the suspense right now. It came, it came down to the very down to the wire. It came down to the last second, and they made a tough decision, but they decided that Roman Yossi deserves a spot cut. on this roster. You made it by yeah. that much. Yes, golf yeah. clap for that. So I mean, uh, that was a really tough decision for John Hines to decide yeah. whether to put the Norris Trophy uh, captain on the roster. But yeah. yes, Roman Yossi is on the NHL roster. Yeah, it's good to see. I think that young man has a long career. Yes, I think he has a long career. And I will also say I stole that joke from the Colorado (laughs) Avalanche social media team who actually tweeted out a really funny tweet talking about how Nathan McKinnon made their roster. So I did steal that joke from them. That's okay. But but Roman Yossi is really the only player that comes close to the caliber or is on the caliber level of a Nathan McKinnon. So I felt like the joke made sense. And so now we have to wonder who's going to be a healthy scratch. Uh, you get three healthy scratches. Uh, Rich, <laughs> how about you start with, with who your healthy scratches would be based on this uh, lineup? So um, for the forwards, I'm going to predict that they're going to scratch Grimaldi. Um, I don't think that um, they would make all this fuss about Tomasino and not play him. Yeah, that would make sense, yeah. And yeah. that's kind of what, what it comes down to. It comes down to – I feel like it comes down to either Rocco Grimaldi or Philip Tomasino. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, that, obviously but. you're going to start Philip Tomasino. And that's, that's tough, you know, because we like Rocco Grimaldi. We're oh, a big yeah. fan of his. We love the way he plays. We love the intensity. We love the speed. Of course, he's got an outstanding shot. And so yes. and he brings offense to the lineup. So it's tough to leave him out. But yeah. when it comes to Tomasino, you kind of feel like, yeah, that's the decision you got to make it's, there. It's what everybody and, wants. So, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so Cody Glass is in there. He's going to be center in that line, most likely. And so, of course, you got your herd line staying as well. And so yeah. I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be yeah. Grimaldi, who's a scratch. And then you're going to go down to the defenseman. It gets a lot more complicated. It does. Um, obviously, the the first pairing is going to be Yossi and Carrier. Um, that's just a given. What a powerful defensive pairing that is. I just, I love both of those guys. So, and then I think the second one's going to be Ekholm and Myers, uh, Philippe mm-hmm. Myers. And then I think for the last one, um, I know what I would like to see, but that probably won't happen. I think they're going to go Fabro and Harper. Um, you know, Hines likes the, just, the big. Yes. He, he likes those, those big bulky defensemen that take up space. They, you yep. know, he'll Ben Harper's the type where, yeah, he'll block some shots. He, yeah. he, he'll he'll rough some guys up into the boards most likely, but he just doesn't bring anything else, and that's the frustration that that a lot of people have is they want to see a David Ference out there. They want to see a Jeremy Davies out there. But when it comes to this roster that we know we're getting, put Mark Borowiecki out there if you're if you're me. That's what I want to see happen. The 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 story that Adam Vinian wrote on the Athletic, I highly recommend everyone go reads goes and read reads it if you haven't already. Uh, he really was challenged with some mental health problems, and so yeah. it's and one of those concussion. things where, and it seems like he is very he's <sighs> feeling better now. It feels like he's in a much better mind state. And Borowiecki is a veteran leader. Mm-hmm. He can be a very strong presence on that ice. And I also trust Borowiecki to make the right decisions defensively, be in the right yep. place at the right time, and and not make the critical mistakes that yep. I feel like Ben Harper is going to make. 
Yeah, and I hate to I be agree. that negative, but that's just how I feel about it. So I would like yeah. to see Borovetsky get in there. I, I I feel like it's everyone thinks it's going to be Ben Harper. I don't know if it's that cut in stone. I think that that's the toughest to starting lineup decision to make on this roster right now yeah. is who do you put as that sixth defenseman. I agree 100%. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, made a case for having Ference in um, instead of Harper. A lot of people are, are down on Harper, but um, he might prove us wrong. We'll see. Yeah, we'll but he see. might prove us wrong. It's absolutely, he might. Right. He definitely might. But that's going to be a really tough decision making. It's going to be interesting to see who they decide to make that that sixth defenseman there. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. let's also uh, talk about this. Uh, this is another one of uh, Kyle Perkins's picks from the week. Again, we had technical difficulties, unfortunately, yeah. and so we weren't able to have him on episode 70 like we planned to, which is our loss because he is awesome and we, yes. we love him. We love we love when he joins the podcast. We know our listeners mm-hmm. do as well. So yeah. we apologize about the technical difficulties with that. But uh, he, we do have his picks here. Another pick he made was uh, our two waiver decisions we made this week. One of them ended poorly, and the other one ended – Luckily, we we kept our player. Let's talk about Connor Ingram. He hit the waiver wire, and oh. I know we were all sweating bullets. We were all absolutely sweating bullets, and um, he met, he cleared waivers. And luckily, no one picked him up because that would have been a very difficult decision. I know Kyle was talking about how. I mean, <laughs> Connor Ingram. If we lose him, who yeah. do we have next up? I mean, yeah, you got yeah. Devin Cooley out there yeah, who's going to be Connor Ingram's <laughs> backup, but he's not ready for NHL minutes, and you're always one injury away from having to make that AHL call-up, and you yep. feel at least pretty good about Connor Ingram if he had to come up and make a few starts. So, Oh, yeah, definitely. Thanks. Yeah, we're just all breathing a sigh of relief that, that he cleared yeah, that, waivers. That could have been ugly, that's for sure. And then um, Rem Pitlick also did not have the same story. That 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 story happened a little bit. Uh, a few uh, happened last week. Yeah, he hit he hit waivers as well, and uh, did not make it through waivers. He got claimed by the Minnesota Wild, who just love trolling us and yeah. taking our former players. <laughs> I call them. The, I mean, the, pre- the Predators North. <laughs> Predators North is perfect. I mean, think about all the players they've had in our past: Nick Menino, Kevin Fiala, yeah, Ryan uh, Hartman. Uh, Freddie Gaudreau. I mean, it's just it, it's it's crazy. So Rem Pitlick's out there too now, and so those those two players were also on uh, Kyle Perkins's picks. So I wanted to talk about that as well. Let's go yeah. ahead and preview the Seattle Kraken. It's the first time we've gotten oh, to man. preview a game, a real regular season game since last May when we were in the playoffs against the so Carolina exciting. Hurricanes. And so I'm going to go here, go out right now, and kind of give you my first initial thoughts on what this matchup's going to look like. I th- this is going to be Seattle's second game. They're they're opening up the yes. season on Tuesday, so that's going to be t- from where we're recording right now. That's going to be tomorrow night. We're recording this on a Monday, and so I see this has all the makings of a goaltender uh, goaltender show. This is going to be the show of Philip Grubauer for Seattle and UC Saros for the Predators. I just see this them trading blows. Both teams are pretty limited in their forwards when it comes to offensive flashiness. Whereas both teams have a fairly decent top four defensive core. And they have two good goaltenders, Vesna worthy goaltenders. Definitely so I just see that I see this coming down to being a very low scoring physical game. And whichever team makes the critical mistakes when it comes to turning the puck over and hanging out their goaltender to dry, that's going to be the team that loses. I agree. Um, I think, like you said, the forwards, they are a little limited. Uh, Seattle is going to be even more limited. They have five players on the COVID protocol. And unfortunately, one unfortunate of them, news. That's, that's We're not going to get to see Callie Yarncroft playing Thursday night for the Kraken. Um, yeah. I think that the ultimate, the, the ultimate, the ultimate predator on Twitter uh, put out the first thing I saw was the ultimate predator put out. We might want to save those Cal Yarncrook tribute videos. And I didn't know what he meant by it because I hadn't seen the uh, the oh, news right. story yet. So I'm like, why would we want to save the tribute video? Like I was like really like I was worried he had like a season ending injury or something. And then oh, I eventually no. I eventually figured out like wow, what a horrible. If, there's never a good time for your team to go on the COVID protocol. Wow. Or the the night bef- the day before your season opener in your yeah. first game as a franchise, that is yeah. just some really bad luck for Seattle. Yeah. And I can't remember exactly who all the players were, but I know it was some of their bigger names. So yeah, we're, gonna, 
We're going to ask Tyler Bell of uh, Keeping Up with the Krakens about this as well as he's coming up yeah. in the next segment of episode 70. We're gonna, He's joining the podcast to go more in-depth on this preview. But, uh, yeah, that, I mean, I, I still give the Preds the upper hand in this matchup, and here's why. I do too. They've got a packed Bridgestone Arena that's going to be behind them. The diehard fans are going to be loud like they always are. It's going to be the – the, the probably the loudest that building's been for a Predators game since before COVID. Absolutely. Maybe um, even maybe even since 2019 because, I mean, there just wasn't a lot of excitement for the Preds even yeah. leading up to the, the pause. I mean, yeah, they were playing better, but fans are still yeah. kind of like a little upset with them. So this is going to be the loudest we've heard Bridgestone in a long yeah. time. I guess it would be when they – probably when they um, – we're playing in Dallas and Bridgestone back, back then, right? Probably. And we know we know that when that when that place is loud, it is oh, definitely yeah. a home ice advantage for the yeah, Predators. It was, it was loud during the playoffs, and it wasn't even full. So I think exactly. it's very loud. So. Exactly. So I'm I think that gives that. them an edge. Uh, and then I feel really optimistic about this special teams unit. I, 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 I know <laughs> they have nowhere to go but up because they've been so bad for so long in both departments. But I really feel good about the penalty kill and the power play getting better. I love some of the new personnel they're going to be putting in there. Tanner Janot, Cody Glass, Ellie mm-hmm. Tolvanen. You're looking for him to keep developing on his on the power play. Um, on the penalty kill, I, I like the addition of Philip Myers. I know that uh, Kyle Perkins is really high on Philip My- on Philip Myers being out there mm-hmm. on the penalty kill, and so I, I like the new personnel out there, and I feel like they're going to be much much better and that can also provide them a spark in this game on Thursday against Seattle. So let's go ahead and do our score predictions right now. I'm going a very, very low-scoring game. If you are a lover of flashy goals and highlight reel goals <laughs> and back and back and forth, open ice, end-to-end action, this might not be the game for you. But if you no. like that roughneck style, that style where neither team's giving up an inch and – you're having to work for every inch of ice you can get. I, this is going to be that type of game. And if you like really good goaltending, I also think this is going to be your type of game. So I'm going with a very low final score of a two to one win for the Predators in overtime. And I'll even call my shot even more. I'm Uh-oh. going Ellie. I'm going Ellie Tolvin in to score the game winner. Oh, there you go. I like it. Putting it I'm putting my chips on the table. There you go. I agree. I think the score might be a little higher. I'm going to go three two. Uh, predators uh but like you said it's going to be i have a feeling we're going to see a lot of these games come down to the wire yeah. like this, this are you season. going overtime as well are you going overtime? i'm not going to well? go overtime i think, all right. I think regulation all right but i just think i think all of their their wins are gonna ha- they're gonna have to be gritty it's not yeah. going to be any high scoring affair so i, I agree but it, hey gritty wins and flashy wins it. all they all count as two points I'll take every single one of them. I'll Absolutely. take every I'll take every ugly win we have to take. Absolutely. Same. Definitely. All right. Yeah. It's exciting, man. It's finally uh finally it, here. It is very, very exciting for sure. And so now we are heading to our next segment of Catfish and Ice, and that is of course keeping up with the Krakens, which is just isn't that such a great name for a podcast? Yeah. I mean, yeah. keeping up yeah. with the Krakens. And, yeah. and we're going to be joined by Tyler Bell of that podcast. He is uh, He's also an Ottawa Senators fan, he told us. And so yeah. that's yeah. kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah. But also, before we do that, we got to tell you about our sponsor, DraftKings. Yes. DraftKings is the uh, official betting partner of the NFL. And, of course, the NFL season's not disappointing this year. It's another week of, N- of the NFL season means another shot to win big money at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave your leave you empty-handed because there's also daily fantasy you can play. So you do that. So now is the time to go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN to throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets. If either team scores a t- scores a point. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. 
Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. And, yes, so you want to know the last time uh NFL game ended in a 0-0 draw? I would have no clue. Probably 19, 1943. Wow. So, with that said, I think your odds are pretty solid that someone is going to score a point and all you've got to do is bet all you got to do is bet $1 using our promo code THPN to win $100 in free bets that's for new users so go do that we are going to come right back here on episode 70 with our interview with Tyler Bell host of the Keeping Up with the Krakens to do an in-depth preview of Thursday night's matchup season opener with the Seattle Kraken and then later on in episode 70 yes. we also got Caroline Fenton of 102.5 The Game. Also joining, we're going to ask about her journey into sports broadcasting, how she ended up in Nashville covering the Predators and all of Nashville's teams. And we can't wait to have that conversation with her. So stay tuned for more here on Episode 7 of Catfish Nights. All right, everybody, welcome back to Episode 70 of Catfish on Ice Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Rich Howe, alongside with Chad Minton. And we are excited for the season to get ready to start. We're gearing up for the first game of the season against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, we're very excited uh, to have that happen. And we are joined now by Tyler Bell. He runs the podcast for Keeping Up with the Kraken, which is a great name. Welcome, Tyler. Um, man, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast. Yeah. Hey guys. Uh, thank you so much. First off, thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. And yeah, I, I just got into the podcast world, so it's been pretty exciting so far. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a we're, resident of Canada, just in well. case you guys didn't know. Perfect. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're still getting our feet wet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's fun, right? It's, it's awesome it to get it's to do this, uh, especially, you know, being able to talk about a new team like Seattle and, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, 32nd team, lots of lots of excitement around them. But yeah, I'll tell you a bit about about myself quickly. Uh, I'm I'm living in Canada here uh, in Alberta. Uh, so just close to the Rocky Mountains here. So yeah, it's cool. a pretty awesome place. Been a huge hockey fan my whole life growing up. Um, I'm actually a big Sens fan. Uh, but yeah, I had the opportunity to uh, to take over this podcast. And, and so far, we're a few episodes in and it's going really well. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. That's awesome, man. Well, we're just going to yeah, jump right uh, into it. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Chad. I was going to say, everyone, yeah, everyone definitely needs to go check out uh, Tyler's podcast, Keeping Up with the Krakens, which is part of Podcast Network with us. Yeah. And also, Tyler, your some of your social media images are, are like like the landscape you're in, oh, like no, in the right. mountains, is just breathtaking. That, that is like some breathtaking scenery right there. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, guys. Yeah, it's a lot of fun living out here. I do a lot of hiking and, you know, do a lot of mountain climbing. And, yeah, kind of all about that lifestyle. So, yeah, I appreciate that so much. <laughs> Thank you. That's great, man. Very cool. Yeah, those are really nice pictures. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. So, cool, man. Let's get into this. So, new team. Um, got one of our – well, you got one of my favorite players. You got Callie Yarncroft. Um, that hurt my feelings seeing him go, um, <laughs> but I'm I'm glad that he went. Uh, couldn't you have a, Tyler? 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 Couldn't the Kraken? Couldn't they have just taken like Lucas Spiza or Ben yeah, Harper just, or um, <laughs> yeah. you could have had? Uh, I'm trying to think of some players you could have had. Uh, I mean, he, yeah. there were so many great players they could have taken. They didn't have to take our take our boy Callie. Like, oh, boy, <laughs> That's boy, true. Callie, man. Yeah. yeah, no, they didn't have to, but I think they found a really good player in, in Cali Yarncrock. And, you know, yeah. we're seeing that so far in preseason already. He's contributing both to the penalty kill and the power play, and he's getting middle six minutes. And, I think that's expected with a veteran guy like him bringing him in. And I think even looking at his stats last year, if, if he, you know, if the NHL played an 82 game pace, you know, he was on pace to, to oh, yeah. set records offensively and, and probably get close to the, the 25 goal range. Right. Um, oh, so yeah. definitely, a, yeah, definitely a player who's, who's been in the league for about seven years now, who's, who's grown and uh, going to be a big part of the Seattle team. So thank you so much for giving it, yeah, giving us him. Yeah. You're welcome. I guess <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's one of my favorite players. I always called him like the, 
the do all Swiss army knife player. Cause he just could do anything on the team. And uh, mm-hmm. it really hurt my feelings, but that's okay. I like the Kraken, So it's all good. So, so just <laughs> what's your expectations, man, for the season? Like, are you, are you thinking they're going to make the playoffs deep run? Um, I know you, you want them to, uh, everybody wants to see them succeed. So what, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think everyone would like to see them succeed. Realistically, when I look at this team, uh, you're going to get a very defensive-minded team. Uh, they're strong in net. They have a really good duo between Grubauer and Drieger. Uh, and then you look at their back end there, and they have quite a bit of good pieces. Uh, a lot of good, like, top four pieces. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, you know, they don't have any big studs back there, technically, you know, like a Roman Yossi, of right. course, because, you know, he's a, he's a top elite mm-hmm. defender in the league. But I think things are pretty balanced out back there on the D. Um, and then the biggest question mark, I guess, for this team would be, you know, what kind of offense are they going to be able to produce this year? And I think it was the same kind of question marks that you got with with Vegas when they entered mm-hmm. the league and then, you know, they had some of those players really break out. And, you know, William Carlson had a huge year. Um, a guy like Eric Hollis stepped up and had a huge year as well. And I you know you guys are probably familiar with a guy like Eric Hollis. So I know exactly <laughs> yes, what he can bring. Yeah. So uh, expectation-wise, I, you know, I think a lot of people understand that the division they're in, the Pacific Division, is probably considered the weakest in the league. And that's probably going to give them a, a big chance to to get into a playoff position mm-hmm. this year. And I think it's pretty realistic that uh, they could they could sneak in for sure. And my expectations are anywhere from that third uh, like third place to fifth place in their division. Oh. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think they could definitely be a playoff team this year with with the talent that they have. Well. Uh, Tyler, I'm seeing some really crazy standings projections for the Kraken. Like I'm seeing them like finish with like 105 points in some projections. Are you going that far? Or are you kind of like a little bit more, a uh, little bit more conservative there with your predictions? Yeah, I think realistic. I want to be realistic with my predictions, and yeah, I think those might be a little too heavy, especially with some of the other teams in that division. Personally, I think Vegas is definitely ahead of them. I would definitely give Edmonton even a bit of a uh, a bit of ahead of them as well, just because of the offense and kind of mm-hmm. a bit more depth in their lineup that sense. But I'm putting them right in the mix where Vancouver is um, battling for that third position. Uh, 105 points might be a bit of a reach, but. <laughs> You know, if it does happen, I think a lot of that is going to be influenced by the elite goaltending that would bring them to that point. And yeah. Drew Bauer is an elite goalie. And, and yeah, if anyone can was... bring that team there, it's him, right? I mean, yeah, he's a uh, he's a upper goaltender. So to, to have him and then, yeah. And, and then you were bringing up your uh, the defensive core. Uh, I guess kind of go along with that. What are um, – who's kind of emerging as the team leaders right now as we uh, head into the season? I know the Kraken season opener is on Tuesday. Yep. Uh, correct? Against Vegas? Yeah, yeah. We start Tuesday night. Um, unfortunately, we did get hit with uh, some it's news with some of our players. Yeah, so if you're aware, um, I'll pull up the list here. But, yeah, some of our some of our good, good top forwards are unfortunately put on the COVID protocol list. So, uh, that might affect the team's performance for the first week or so here. But, um, yeah, if I'm looking at that decor and looking at some of the leaders, um, you know, our captain, Mark Giordano, just got announced today. Um, he's going to be a huge part of that leadership role for this team. Um, so I definitely expect big things from him. Um, I would put Adam Larson right up there with him. He's been a big leader for a lot of years in the NHL now and such a good steady defenseman who puts up hits, block shots, uh, and gives it his all every night. Um, so between them two, probably leading that back end, and you could even talk about a couple guys like Jamie Alexiak, who's just kind of coming into his own as a steady top four defenseman. And then, of course, you have a guy like Vince Dunn, who seems ready to break out into a, a bigger offensive role in his career and, and take some strides this year with Seattle. So, so a lot of good pieces back there that can help lead this team. That's great. And um, uh, yeah. And also, yeah, go ahead, Rich. Oh, I was just going to say Yanni Gord, you can throw him in there. I like, 
I couldn't stand him when he played for Tampa Bay, but now that he's with Seattle, I'm kind of good with it. So, <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely a water bug out there. And is, I think yes. the big thing is uh, a lot of people expected him to be injured um, mm-hmm. for you know, know a good month. And he's been practicing in a regular practice jersey here for about a week and a half. So it looks like good he's news. probably only a week away from, from getting into the lineup. So he's going to be a big part of this team as well. And then, you know, looking at other forwards, um, Jaden Schwartz pops mm-hmm. into mind as a huge leader for this team. Obviously, he signs a big five-year deal, too, to, to come to this team and be a big part of it. Um, and then you got Jordan Eberle, too, another great veteran who's, who's been around the NHL for a while. And, yeah, between those three and maybe seeing a couple other younger guys from that forward course step up, like a Jared McCann, play a bigger role for him and and hopefully his numbers offensively continue to uprise and produce um and then yeah we're just gonna have to have some other younger guys uh take bigger roles that they haven't gotten the nhl yet and really step up and and see what they're capable of doing Mm -hmm. i see a really good block team out of this team like i see a team that's gonna uh, battle hard play good defense like you said tyler and just uh, kind of what, what Preds fans appreciate, to be quite honest, that's how the what the Preds hung their hats on for so long uh, during a lot of their success was uh, just being that blue-collar team that plays physical, plays good defense, mm-hmm. has outstanding goaltending. And that's kind of what I see from the stack and as we're getting ready for this, uh, this matchup on Thursday that's going to open the uh, National Predators season. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think when you're kind of looking at Seattle and Nashville – like you said, uh, Nashville's always been a very good defensive team. Uh, they've been a hard four-check team, too, and, you know, lay a lot of body. Uh, and like you said, elite goaltending for a lot of years now. And I really do think that UC Soros is going to take over and continue that elite goaltending in Nashville. I'm a big UC Soros fan. Uh, I'm on my fantasy uh, team this year too. So expecting big things. Tyler, you are welcome on on this podcast anytime now after saying all these positive things about our, about juice, about saying anytime you can say anything good about UC Soros. uh, You're good in our book on that one, but let's get into it. Let's, Let's get into our. Let's go ahead and put our money where, where our mouth is right now. Let's let's do some some predictions uh, of what okay. we think is going to happen on Thursday, um, and uh, let, let's go ahead and let Tyler kick it off, and then uh, and then uh, Rich and myself will also give our prediction. Yeah, um, it definitely changes things having these players get put on the COVID protocol. That might mm-hmm. affect that game quite a bit. But I'm definitely expecting, you know, a defensive battle, probably uh, more low scoring. Uh, Season openers are always crazy, though, you know, especially this year now that fans are back. um, It adds a whole new atmosphere. So so it might be a lot like a playoff atmosphere, I expect. but I got to – I you know, I have to pick my Seattle Kraken with a 3-2 Absolutely. victory, right? I have to. So that, that's kind of what I see. But I see a really close battle, two, two defensive-style teams slugging it out, playing great hockey, and it might come down to special teams. That'll be the difference. Yeah, I, For sure. I agree. Um, yeah, the Predators aren't going to be having any goal fest this year. Um, it's all going to be defensive, uh, gritty wins, and I will – of course, have to pick my team. So I'm going to go Predators three, Kraken two. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a, a, a Preds will pull it out. I'm going to get a little bit more detailed with my prediction. I'm also going to go Preds with the win, but I think it's going to take overtime and I see I an even lower scoring game than three to two. It's going to be the UC Soros Philip Brubauer show. Think they're going to trade mm-hmm. blows. They're going to trade. Uh, they're going to trade really good saves, and I feel really confident about our uh, power play this year. I feel like it's going to show a lot of improvement with some new pieces in there. And like Tyler was saying, he thinks special teams is going to play a big part in this game. I, I feel the same way. I think the home crowd, Nashville, is going to give them a boost. I'm going to go two to one overtime win for the Predators. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So, uh, so, so yeah. for people, go ahead, Terry. 
I was going to say real quick, for people who love a lot of flashy offense and highlight real goals, not so sure this is going to be the game for them. Yeah, most likely not. There's not too many uh, superstar players up front for these teams, though I, I have always viewed uh, Philip Forsberg as a very, very oh, yeah. flashy offensive, high offensive player. And then, of course, Matt Duchesne, too. I still has that left in his game as well. So, yeah, I'm sure you guys are excited to see that top line maybe uh, produce a lot more offense this year for you guys and maybe yes. carry the workload. Yeah, we like to call that line the money line because that's the the one where all the money's stored. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, fair, uh, yeah. they they make uh make the most out of everybody. Um so I have a question uh about just the team in general. So I remember a long time ago watching the Seattle Supersonics play in the arena, and it was good to see um when they when they did build the new arena that they kept you know, the, the roof of the old arena and kind of built underneath it and just uh, to keep the skyline the same with that iconic arena look. Um, just how important is just that arena to the city of Seattle and just having the, uh, a team like the Kraken there? Like, like what, what's that doing for like the city? What do you think? Well, I think it's probably pretty huge for the fans just to already have that kind of history in that building. Yeah. Um, and it looks like they took a really cool approach with naming it the Climate Pledge Arena as well. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a very green style arena as well. Yeah, you know, um, so so that's going to be pretty huge. And the fact that it already has some history. Mm -hmm. And like you said, those fans are going to be able to go in there and maybe, you know, tell their kids about that and, um, you know, get them even more excited to be able to go to that arena. And yeah, it's crazy. I mean, these Seattle fans on Twitter are just so excited about having uh, NHL hockey back in Seattle uh, once again. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's huge. And these, yeah, these fans are just super psyched to have this team here finally. Yeah, I think so too. Seattle's got great. Seattle's an Seattle's a really awesome sports city as well. Like Rich was saying, yeah. they lost the Seattle supersonics. Mm -hmm. And so uh, now that now that they got that arena, I think maybe eventually the Seattle Supersonics come back to Seattle eventually because now they have an arena to play in. But, uh, good, but yeah, yeah, it's really awesome. Yep. To, it's really, really cool to see the NHL move into that market. Um, it's going to be – as long as they're not playing the Predators, I think they're going to be a, yeah. a, a fun team to, to cheer for. Um, I like a lot of the <laughs> yeah. players they picked up in the – I, I like a lot of the players they picked up in the expansion draft. I kind of find them to be a likable team. Judging by the players they picked up, so uh, yeah, same. Yeah, and their jerseys are really awesome. I think yeah, I was going to say yeah, the yeah, they've been getting lost. The color scheme, the color reviews. scheme, the color, the color scheme is so perfect. Like it is. That's yeah. kind of my favorite yeah. part about the about the whole yeah. the whole team is is their color scheme. Yeah, definitely fits the Seattle vibe with the other large sports teams that are there too, right? And yeah. like you said, Dave, yeah. you know, that first preseason game, uh, they did over a million dollars in jersey sales and, and oh, wow. were setting records there. Wow. So, um, yeah, it just, just goes to show, like, how passionate these fans are already with this team, and they're going to be behind them every step of the and, way. And, yeah. yeah. If Yarn Croc stays in years, I might have to get one. Yeah. <laughs> and I also yeah. think – I also I also think that, that the Kraken are going to have fans all over oh, yeah. the United States. I don't I don't think they're going to be mm -hmm. a Seattle based fan base because I mean you've got a lot of fans who are becoming new hockey fans and now they've got a new expansion team. Maybe they mm -hmm. they live in a market where there's not a hockey team, so they're yeah. going to easily gravitate towards a team like the Kraken. So I think there's going to be fans all all over. They're going to be a fan of of the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's definitely advantageous to kind of enter the league in these days where you have social media. And like you said, maybe maybe there's new hockey fans that are just jumping on board. And, you know, what better to pick a team that's just entering the league to start to cheer for, right? So I, I, I do think that they're going to have a lot of fans from all over uh, get behind this team. And the more the more they win and the better they do, the more fans that's even going to bring in, right? Yep. So, uh, so uh, Tyler, Tyler, we hope the Kraken win their first game on Tuesday, but yep. we also hope that they Not lose their, their first game in franchise history on Thursday. <laughs> well, so, no, uh, no hard he, feelings. He, I think 
we just hope <laughs> yeah. that it's a great battle, right? Yeah. If it's a great hockey well, game, I'm sure. Be pretty happy. I expect it. I expect it to be a really good game. So we're really we're really pumped up about that. We're happy to have hockey back. And Tyler, thank you so much for joining us again. We've been joined by Tyler Bell, who is the podcast host for Keeping Up with the Kraken on the Hockey Podcast Network. Follow him on Twitter at Belzy underscore O four. Tyler, thanks so much, man. We'll yes, be sure you. to chat later in the season. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. And yeah, I'd be more than happy to be back on you guys' awesome. podcast and maybe break down some more games going ahead. That'd definitely, definitely. Perfect. All right, so this is episode seventy of Cat. This is episode seventy of Catfish on Ice. And coming up next, we have Caroline Fenton of one hundred two point five. The game, the flight station of the Nashville Predators. Coming up next on episode seventy, as we get get you ready for the season opener coming up this Thursday. So stay tuned for that. All right, and we're back with Catfish on Ice. This is episode 70 as we continue to get you ready for the Preds season opener, which is coming up this Thursday against the Seattle Kraken. So this entire episode has been about getting our Preds fans ready for that. And and we've got an awesome guest joining us right now that we are so thankful and thrilled to have joining us, and that is Caroline Benton of 2.5 The Game. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being kind enough to, yes. to, to fit us into your schedule here and join the podcast. Yeah. We appreciate yes. it. Happy to be here, and I'm so happy to finally getting back into, into the Fred season. It, it feels like it's almost, almost here. I'm so excited to be here. So close. So close. Yes. All right. And so uh, I know that uh, you're – Did I know that you, uh, got an, you're on uh, Stillman & Company on 102.5 mm-hmm. The Game. And my biggest question I have for you is what brought you to Nashville? How did your broadcast sports broadcasting journey start? Like kind of go through just because we have a lot of people who listen who are wanting to get into the industry. So I would love to hear your yeah. story and just how you got went down this path of uh, sports broadcasting. Yeah, absolutely. So it's something that I have wanted to do my entire life. Dates back to when I was a kid and I would broadcast. I'm from St. Louis originally, so I would you know, set up a, a whole audience of stuffed animals in my room and I would give them the breakdown <laughs> oh, wow. of the St. Louis Cardinals game of the night. So it's just something that I always um, was very passionate about, something that I've always loved. Um, and so when it came time for me to figure out where I wanted to go to college, LSU just kind of fit perfectly. And I wanted to go into sports broadcasting. They had a wonderful journalism program. Obviously, all eyes in the nation are usually on LSU sports. So it just kind of fit perfectly. And from there, I was able to get a ton of experience um, interning at news stations, you know, running around, getting shots of Saints practice, <laughs> and then going to LSU football games and covering those. Um, so it's just, I got wonderful real life experience at LSU. And then post grad, um, I was offered a wonderful opportunity with ESPN at their headquarters in Bristol, wow. Connecticut. So I spent the past few years in Bristol, Connecticut, working for ESPN in their social media department. Um, and then I was just ready to kind of make my move into somewhere else. I wanted to make my move on air full time. Um, I was doing some on air work at ESPN, but just not quite near where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to get back into local, which was something that I was so passionate about doing in my time in Baton Rouge when I was a student at LSU. I loved being in the heartbeat of the fan base. I loved being able to just dive deep into whatever was going on, whether it's you know, in my time at LSU, whether it was LSU football, LSU basketball, LSU gymnastics, I could be totally absorbed in whatever was going on around Baton Rouge. So I kind of missed that element of it. And so I think that Nashville just felt so perfect to me. And my family is from the state of Tennessee, all across the state of Tennessee. My parents are Tennessee Vol grads. Um, So Tennessee has just always kind of felt like home to me. And a mentor of mine at at ESPN brought me to 1025 The Game. It's where Jason Fitz, a wonderful yes. friend and mentor of mine yes. spent a lot of time at 1025 the game before he was at ESPN. So me, hey, this is you know a place that I know and love very much. They're looking to add a new on-air host, which is that something you'd be interested in. So I was able to go through the and process. I can, I can tell you we're very lucky to have you. I listen to your afternoon yeah. show every every time I'm in the car. I'm definitely listening to your show, Caroline. Oh, thank you. And yeah. uh, every Monday through you Friday, do awesome work. Oh, thank you. Yes. I appreciate it. Monday through Friday, two to six, one two five. The game, the game Nashville app. You can check us out. Yes, awesome. and before we before we get into this National Predators talk, are you recovering from your St. Louis Cardinals? I am so sorry. That was a really rough game. Uh, it was a great game. It was a fun game. I didn't have a dog in the hunt. I'm a San Francisco Giants fan, actually. 
So I'm kind of I'm super nervous about tonight's game against the Dodgers. But uh, are you recovering, Caroline? Because that was a tough game. Well, I've been trying to recover, and then LSU goes and loses by three uh, touchdowns to Kentucky. Uh, so it's just so when it rains, it pours. When it rains, exactly. it pours. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm All actually right, Rich, go, actually Rich, go ahead with your first question too. Yeah. So I actually live in Kentucky, so I'm sorry. I apologize that you know That's UK. Okay. Oh, that. we got some. Yeah. All right. Not, we got a little. That's all right. Yeah, I only really keep up with hockey. Uh, my father-in-law, though, he is like probably the the biggest UK fan in the state, probably. So I, I apologize for that. So yeah, that's <laughs> well, it's been a long time coming for Kentucky. They deserve it. Sure has. Success. Exactly. You're right. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask you, since you have you know the social media background, and you know like Preds Twitter can be a little good or bad on any given day. I just wanted to see what your, your overall feelings were um, about the Preds this season. Is there optimism? Is it going to be a rough year? I know you, when you look at the social media, like people, mm-hmm. some people are excited, some people aren't. So I just want to get your take on that. I mean, you hear David Poyle's comments and say a competitive rebuild. That's his expectation for the season. I don't, me personally, I don't think that's real. I don't think that it, you can be competitive and also rebuild at the same time. It's got to totally be one agree. of the two. Totally and agree. so my expectation going into this season is oh, expect a rebuild. You know, you're right. going to some of the younger guys. It's not a full-blown rebuild. You still have Roman Nosey. You still have Ryan Johansson. You still have Matthew Shea. You still for now have Philip Forsberg. So you still have some of the seasoned veteran core players on this team, but the Predators are moving toward a youth movement. A -hmm. lot of these guys don't have a lot, if any at all, NHL experience. They don't have experience in hockey at this level. So I'm expecting, you know, maybe the Predators might make the playoffs. They they might squeak by. They might get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, that's a very, you know, macro perspective on this season. My expectations, admittedly, are not very high. They may win some games here and there. They may lose some games here and there. But this Mm -hmm. is a young team. And I think that Predators fans need to understand, if they don't already, that this isn't going to be a 2017 repeat. Mm -hmm. You're moving toward younger guys. You're going to the youth movement. You're going to have some hiccups. You're going to have some roadblocks. But I think that long term, that's the best possible thing that you can do for this franchise. Get these young guys experience. Give them some leadership positions. And then you'll start to see this team grow and prosper after that. But to answer your question, expectations aren't incredibly high this year. And and to your point, Caroline, I mean, look at some of the storied franchises in the NHL who have had to go through rebuilds, the Chicago Mm -hmm. Blackhawks, the Detroit Red Wings. Now, of course, they've got Stanley Cups and the Preds don't, so that's a big part of it. But still, this happens to every team, even some of the dynasties that we've seen. Eventually, they have to rip that Band-Aid off and they have to go through a rebuild. And I think for most of your diehard Preds fans, they're they're happy with this rebuild. It's the Mm – it's the casual fan that might have a hard time this season just because the Preds have made seven straight playoff appearances. And so you get a little you get a little spoiled when you're used to making the playoffs. And now we go into a season mm-hmm. where playoffs actually aren't maybe aren't the expectation. So mm-hmm. I'm right there with you, Caroline, on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about UC Soros, though, because yes. it kind of is UC Soros or bust in a lot of ways this season. He is the type of goaltender that could – put this team on his back just like he did down the stretch last season and maybe take this team way farther than you would think on paper. I'm interested to get your thoughts on that, Caroline. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that UC Soros in the later half of the season last year was the UC Soros that we needed to see all season. He was the one who showed up. He was able to steal games when the Predators really shouldn't have been able to win them. I think the Predators maybe won a couple playoff games against South Carolina that they weren't necessarily supposed to win, but they were able to. Uh, because of UC Soros, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily say want to say that he stole games, but he was absolutely a game changer in that series against Carolina. And I think that since this is such a, a turn toward some of the younger guys and guys who may not have experience, you're going to need to rely on UC Soros a little bit to steal some of those games if you do want to start raising the expectations a little bit. I think UC Soros absolutely is going to be an X factor in this team. And one that we saw last year, he was able to do that for the Predators. So I think that mm-hmm. absolutely he is going to be a big part of this team moving forward. Um, I don't think that the Predators are committed to him forever. I don't think that this is going to be I don't think this is going to be a Pekka situation that he's the future Mm. of this franchise. He's the future goaltender of this franchise. But maybe this season could be where that starts to change. Maybe, you know, the the Russian that they currently have, you know. Yeah, Yaroslav Askarov. Yes. 
you know, it's thank you for pronouncing it better than I probably <laughs> could. That's something that I need to work on now going into the present. It, it's it, hey, that's a hey, We're pronouncing confused. these hockey, hey, pronouncing these prospects' names are is like mm-hmm. a full time job. I'm telling Agnostiev you, Agnostiev is one that I've been working on recently. Hey, that's good. Hey, that was thank you. I give you a there 10 you out of 10 on that one. That was perfect thank pronunciation. You. It, it <laughs> took us, it took us like. It took us like three or four episodes to pronounce uh, Luke Cunnan's name properly. I mean, we yeah, just we called him we yeah. Luke uh, we called Luke Coonan. Cunnan. Coonan. Luke, we called him yeah. Coonan for like uh, for like four episodes, and even when we knew we were pronouncing it wrong, uh, right. we still caught ourselves saying Coonan. So it's it's one of those things. But uh, but yeah, he had like a swear jar until, until he wins games <laughs> for the Preds, and then you're like, nope, now we know it. It is Cunnan. Yeah, now we know it. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, so I, I want to ask you. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead, Chad. You do yours. No. You you do yours. I think yours is more. Well, I was just I want to ask a more personal question for Caroline. Who was your was yeah. your hockey team? Was your hockey team growing up the St. Louis Blues? Then it was. Mm-hmm. And are you still? I mean, it's okay. Uh, you're still a Blues fan, I'm sure. I mean, well, of course, it's one of those things. Like I've got, I have my roots and my wings. So I yeah, still love right. the St. Louis Blues. I grew up a Blues fan. 2019 was a very very fun year for me in the city of St. Louis. But, and I said, you know, when I was moving here, I was like, okay, I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. I'm not going to become a Titans fan just because I'm living in Nashville. Now I'm a Titans season ticket holder. And I was like, I'm a St. Louis Blues fan. Like, if I, you know, till I die, I'm going to stay true to my roots. And I went to more Predators games in my first two weeks of living in Nashville than I went, like, mm-hmm. grocery shopping or doing <laughs> things that actually take care of myself. I would think I was at Bridgestone most every night. Um, the Nashville Predators very much so have stolen my heart. I had wow, a blast okay. going to games. When I first moved here, it has been such a blast to follow this team. And this fan base has been it, it's such a blast. When the Blues come to town and they play the Predators, they may just have to wear black. They just have to go Yeah, neutral. just be neutral. There you go. Yeah, exactly. That's the blue, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Blues fans, they are a very passionate fan oh, base. Yes, I, I, well, all St. Louis sports fans are, to be quite honest. I mean, Cardinals oh, fans, yeah. for sure. They're all they're – all, but, like, Blues fans – they are they cut they're just as passionate as Blackhawks fans or any of the other uh, traditional NHL franchises and they went through a very long history of not being really? able to win that Stanley Cup and so they yeah. finally got that Stanley Cup and now that's why Preds fans at least for me I'm kind of bitter about about the Blues cuz <laughs> like I want to be the Blues I want to finally right. get that elusive first cup and so uh, I, I guess that's kind of, and plus the geographical rivalry is, is a good one too. So it's going to be fun to play the blues. It's going to be fun to play the blues again in the division this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Getting back into pre COVID hockey. I'm excited for that. But yes. remember this past season when the predators just completely did a 180 in the second half of the season, I heard so many of our listeners texting and calling into the show saying, well, you know, we could make a cup run. St. Louis did it. Yeah. yeah. Do it, so we could do it, it wasn't the same. Like, yeah, like, I, I, you know, it's, I know it just happened and it feels it's fresh in our minds, but I was like, that was it felt like a one in a million yeah. Cinderella mm-hmm. chance that they I couldn't just happened to win it. Jordan Bennington stole them so yes, many games. Absolutely. I was like, I don't know if I'm I, I couldn't, yet, but I, hear I, I couldn't get on board with those takes, even though I wanted to be optimistic yeah. because the Preds piled up wins since it was an all division schedule. I know I'm being kind of the negative person here, but. I mean, they piled up wins against like the Blue Jackets. They piled up when they went through a stretch in their schedule where it was like the Blue Jackets and the and the Red Wings and the Blackhawks. And then, mm-hmm. but I'm not taking anything away from the Preds and what they did. It was in, no. they had like a one percent chance or something like that to make the playoffs at one point. So I'm not right. taking anything away from them. But I I didn't feel the same way I felt about it when the Blues did what they yeah. did. That year, but Rich, go ahead. As I know, you had another good question for Caroline. Oh, I just wanted—I know you cover a lot of different sports, a lot of different topics. But what are some of the qualities of like the NHL game that appeal to you? Is it like the toughness of the the players, the speed of the game? Um, I know that's that's a big one for me—is how fast paced it is. So, yeah, I think there are so many elements to it. One of which being hockey is different than any other sport in the United States, and it's so fun to experience it Mm -hmm. with someone who is experiencing it maybe for the first time and i've been able to do that so many times you know since i moved to nashville Mm -hmm. when i was in st louis bringing friends home with me to st louis and they go into their first hockey game i think watching their reaction to the experience just kind of sums up everything that i love about hockey because it is so fast-paced and it is so physical and when you are watching the game when you're at the game you're so close into it 
And you are so immersed in this experience that is so different than any other sport in the United States. So I think just that element of everything is so different. Everything is so fast paced. And I think also too, the hockey environment is so much different in person than it is on Mm. TV. I think sometimes, you know, football games, like I almost prefer to watch them on TV, baseball Mm -hmm. games, I almost prefer to watch them on TV, but the hockey experience is so rich and it is so fun. And I I think that's really what I love so much about it. It's just different than any other sport. And being able to be so immersed in that experience has been just an absolute blast. And I remember too, I remember I brought home one of my friends, she was born and raised in Louisiana, had never seen a hockey game in her life. She, I brought her back with me to St. Louis. We went to a blues game. I think there were like two or three fights that broke out. Oh, wow. And this girl could not care about sports at all. And she was on her feet cheering him on. She's like, yeah, I hit him, hit him in the face. Yeah. I was like, who is this person? <laughs> That's funny. So I think just, yeah. be, just being able to be so immersed in the experience has been such oh, a Oh, I agree 100%. It's, it's such a especially, yeah, especially at Bridgetown. It's, it's a really neat environment to be in. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. When I saw my first cap, it's like one of the, oh, name plug. Yep. There we go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but like, yeah, when you take fans to the, if they, if they, they're not big hockey fans, but then you take them to their first game, uh, it's, it's really hard to come out of that building and not be at least somewhat Mm -hmm. of a hockey fan after seeing a game for the first time in person. I can speak to that as well. Growing up as a kid, when I weren't went to my first hockey game, uh, whatever year it was, I don't even remember exactly. So, somewhere in the back in the two th- early 2000s, can't remember the exact game. But uh, yeah, it changed everything for me. I was like, I want to watch every game on TV because I know how it was watching it in person. So, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is so fun, especially at Bridgestone. I, I mentioned to you all, I went to a couple of the playoff games when Carolina was here mm-hmm. and seeing Taylor Lewan savage a beer right. in the front row. Seeing Bridgestone, the most packed I'd ever seen it. It is, it gives you chills almost because oh, yeah. it is so cool to see mm-hmm. so many people, especially in a town that hasn't traditionally been a top a hockey town, seeing all of these people that are just so into it and loving the Predators. The Bridgestone, the Bridgestone experience with the Predators games is unlike anything I've ever seen before. Yeah, I think the I think the last one I got to go to was um around Christmas of 2019 uh, when they played the Coyotes and they they actually won that night. I took one of my daughters and I hadn't been there since. And like when we went Saturday, even though it was preseason, it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, I missed this so much. So yeah, it's it really exciting. Ready to get things rocking and rolling. Oh, in just a few absolutely. Days. Yes, we are. We are. Uh, we're ready for Thursday and Caroline, we appreciate you joining us again. We have been joined by Caroline Fenton of 102.5, the game and co-host of Stillman and company. Uh, your uh, your Twitter is at Caroline Fenton One, correct? Yes. Correct. To, so follow her. So follow Caroline on Twitter. Thank you so much, Caroline. Yeah. I really appreciate it. We'll be sure to be tuning into your show throughout the pred season. And we got Titans football. We've got Vols football. It's a great time to be a sports fan. Yeah. Well, thank you. You thank y'all so much. I appreciate y'all so much for having me on. Ready for Thursday? Yes. All along, still in a company. Let's do it. We'll make sure to have our. Our reactions to all the games coming up. Yes. All right. We look forward to that. We look forward to tuning into that. This has been episode 70 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. And we will see everyone next time. Uh, We will actually be reacting to the game on Thursday night, episode 71. So stay tuned for that. And this has been Catfish on Ice. Everyone stay stay safe and take care of yourself.